Tuesday. Happy, Happy day Tuesday. Four. Day four. I'm feeling great. Drop in the chat. What's your biggest win? Three days, maybe four days in, depending on your time zone. My biggest win is I sat down this morning and did an endless idea generator session for myself for the first time in a long time. And I came up with, I think, 110 potential things to write about. So that's a little sneak peek of what you're going to get today. You're going to walk away with a new problem and the problem I have right now, which is choosing which of these damn things I'm going to write about. And that is a good feeling. A very good problem to have. I'd call it the ideal place to be as a writer, right? As opposed to the other other side. Now it's just a time game. I gotta find time to do this thing. Yeah. Three for three. Three for three. Feeling great. Oh. I love starting my Tuesday with a little Jay-Z. It's a great way to start the day, great way to start the week. Three for three, showing up. What else we got? Three for three. Anyone starting to write faster? I know that's a big one that kind of happens around day three, day four. You'll pick up the speed a little bit. It's a big skill that you'll find um, that'll spread across far more than just writing a comic essay. So I think one of the one of the undersold benefits of Strip 30 is you start to just write everything quickly. Uh, you learn the value of conciseness, your emails, Slack messages, all that. You, you just recognize, one, you can churn things out. Looking less, it's huge, huge. Two essays, two threads, great work. Gaining momentum, love it. All right, we'll give it 30 more seconds. Let a good bunch of folks chuckle in, trickle in. Look good to see everyone's face. Pumped. Got a really good picture of uh, the last live session at the end. Nice. What's your biggest win three days in, Cole? My biggest win three days in. I think clarifying some of these slides. I feel like this is the best. This is the best cohort with these slides we've ever had. And that's the best part is we're going to continue to upgrade every single cohort throughout this entire year, always in beta, because just these sessions on our own. We're already seeing. Well, just to give you everyone kind of a insight, the reason we're doing these Q and A sessions is to figure out where and what we're talking about is unclear. And the more you submit questions, the better signal it is for us that we need to go tighten up the way we present these ideas. So super helpful. The more questions you submit, we're going to be able to answer them. We're going to do nice videos for them. So that's how you can help. All right, let's kick it off. Boom. I'm ready. Happy Tuesday, everyone. All righty. So welcome, everyone, to day four, the third live session. This is, I, I'll probably say this more than once, but this is my favorite live session because it is a complete matrix, blue pill, red pill. You go from, I don't know what to write about to I'm going to be overwhelmed with things to write about. And that excites me because it's such an unlock. You walk out of here excited with momentum and you just keep things going. So we got a lot to dive into today. Just a couple quick logistics. One, we are going to do breakout rooms at the end for 30 minutes. The call will go for 60 and then breakout rooms are optional for 30. As always, kind of highly encourage you to stick around you'll be able to walk away with a bunch of ideas to write about and as always get to meet some other shippers. Um, other quick logistics, we are 1230 Eastern Friday. That ses session is headlines, which is a close second 
to the endless idea generator on my favorites um, list. I already said, keep submitting your questions, keep building your social blog. So we've had over 9,000 pieces of content created on TypeShare in the first so far in January, which I think is, I don't think there's another writing platform out there that has generated that much content. And so we have some really exciting ideas to bring the reader experience in in the long term. So just invest in building that social blog on TypeShare. It's going to pay huge dividends and we love seeing it. And then I had just got to give a big shout out to everyone who is writing threads, essays, visuals of the things we're talking about um, during these live sessions, because I'm blown away about the creativity that's coming from them. Um, feel free to spin up your events if you want to do some. I know Laura's doing one on um, how to visualize some of these things. So a lot there. Continue to share your learnings in public, pay it forward, share whatever you want to do. Uh, that's all I got on the logistics side, other than just for a recap of everything I just said, you can check the Monday email where we share all this information every week for a kind of week ahead preview. So, Cole, anything? No, I think that's anything it. Else? Don't forget don't forget to submit questions in the Q&A. I'm really excited to dive into that, um, especially because over time, we're going to keep adding to that library. So hopefully a couple of cohorts from now, you know, we have an entire repository of info in there for shippers. So that'll be great. Yeah, what we're going to do is create a full length video, but also slice and dice our answers to each specific question. So if you have that question, you can click on that video. And so we're, we're really excited about the way this is going to shape up. But on to some shout outs. Cole, you want to take these? Yeah, these, I mean, seeing these is one of the most motivating and inspiring things. I mean, especially for us, this is the whole, this is what we get excited about, uh, you know, connecting everyone in ship 30, but here, you know, Lauren feeling like, okay, this person that I, you know, I view as a renowned expert is reading my stuff. I mean, this is one of those byproducts of writing on the internet that you, you really don't realize until you start. I mean, we can't tell you how many times we hear this every cohort where someone goes, I had no idea that these people were going to read my essays or these people were going to come across my work. Um, it's one of the, it's one of those cool serendipitous, you don't see it coming around the corner until it does. So uh, congrats, Lauren. That's so cool. I'm sure more and more of you will experience that all throughout ship 30. Um, this is another one uh, just turning your content into other types of content. You can turn your atomic essays into podcasts. You can turn them into threads. You can turn them into TikTok videos. You can turn them into visuals. Um, this is something that we really encourage, even though some of these, you know, like we don't necessarily have materials saying, Hey, here's exactly how to do this. Um, there's plenty of people in the cohort that are experimenting with this. This is a great, uh, great example of just kind of going outside your comfort zone and trying things and seeing if they work. Something that Dickie and I share all the time is, you know, we share all of these frameworks and these tips and strategies and ways of thinking, but the only reason that we know these are because we took the time to experiment. Right. So we just went out, we experimented, we came back to you and said, Hey, we tried some things. Here's what we learned. This is what would be helpful to you. But there's no reason why you can't do that for someone else. Hey, I tried turning my atomic essays into podcast episodes. Here's what I learned. And I'm pass the info along to someone else. So that's all we're doing out here. Um, this is another one going from idea to publishing an essay in under an hour. So this is something I really like articulating for people is part of the benefit of using a constraint is it's not just that you're writing or you're publishing, what you're doing is you're practicing completing the entire loop in a, in a period of time, 
right? So most people think of writing as, you know, I have the writing portion and then I have the publishing portion and then I have the engaging with my audience portion. You know, you think of it all as separate steps. Part of what you're going to go through in Ship 30 is practicing that loop over and over and over again, where what happens is you get better at writing and publishing in shorter and shorter amounts of time. So it's, it's not enough to go, oh, I just practiced my writing today, but I didn't publish, right? Because, hey, you didn't, you didn't complete the loop. So part of what you're practicing here is the completion of that loop. So seeing this and seeing that time go down and down is just really exciting. And then here, you know, other times people will cross post their essays uh, onto different platforms. This is something that we talk more about uh, further in, but here, I mean, sharing atomic essays on Reddit, sharing them on Medium, sharing them on Facebook, other platforms, you never know where it'll catch fire. Um, this is something both Dickie and I have experienced with our own writing too. Sometimes you write something on one platform, doesn't really go anywhere, and then you publish it somewhere else and it catches fire. So, you know, it doesn't always work out like that, but hey, the more places that you share your content, the, the more times you spin the wheel, the more likely you are to have a winner, right? So uh, just think of it like a game. Just the more times you play, the more likely you are to win. So huge congrats. Um, these are just some really awesome shout outs. We love pulling these, uh, but I'm sure there's many, many more uh, that will be similar and also um, show all the different outcomes that you can unlock in Ship 30. Yeah, and what if you have a win like this, go in the wins channel on Circle and post it. That's where we're finding them. So you got to self-promote your own wins if you want to uh, get up on the board. So yep. keep throwing those big or small, no matter what they are. But anyway, enough. I'm ready to talk about the endless idea generator. So Cole, what are the goals here for today's session? So the endless idea generator is basically just a big framework for doing two things. One is helping you come up with more ideas. So a big problem that we see a lot of writers have is they have no problem coming up with ideas, but then they go, ah, I feel like I've already written about it. I don't know how to write about it again. Right. So it's, it's problem a is how do I come up with ideas? And then B is once you've written about something, well, how do you continue to write about it? You know, just because you wrote about it once doesn't mean you're done. So in the session, what we're going to go through is, A, you're going to learn how to use this framework, this endless idea generator framework. Second is then you're going to go through and kind of brainstorm as we go along, feel free to write down ideas, you know, brainstorm. Oh, okay. There are all these different ways that I can approach the topics that I've been thinking about. And then at the end, we'll do some breakout rooms. You can do some workshopping with other shippers. Um, it really helps to take a framework like this and immediately put it into practice. Yep. Real quick, before we get into this, drop in the chat, how many ideas do you think you currently have between now and day 30? Like if you, if you weren't able to come up with any more, how long is your list right now? Is it a hundred? Is it 10? Is it three? Are you feeling limited? 20, six, six, 15, 18, a hundred. Okay. So there's a good barbell here, right? What's good is you got to get to at least 30. But every idea is going to become we, one framework we share is the more you the more you write, the more you write. So every single time you put something out there, you're going to get feedback that's going to lead to more ideas. But good. OK, so we see a pretty good list here. And our goal is for everyone to have at least 100 by the end of this, because that's oh, how powerful it will be. So. 100s, 100s easy. You'll have the opposite problem after you see how this thing works. OK, Dick, you want to kick it off? You want to explain this? Sure. So the endless idea generator has actually been under a little bit of beta. Talked about it because we found and listened to the questions people have had after talking about them. We found the sticking points 
where things were confusing. And Cole and I sat down and said, what, what really do we go into here? And this is, it really became organic in how Cole and I used it every single time. We then reverse engineered it to say, this is exactly what we do and match up with, with the way we describe it. So there are really four parts. It's picking a topic, picking a type of credibility, choosing the path you want to take, and then using a proven approach. So we're going to walk through each of these step-by-step, step, kind of show you the way that we use it, how you're going to be able to use it. And so why don't we start with the topic? Boom. Okay. So the topic is when you sit down to write, you think, I have something I want to write about. Right. And everyone typically starts very broad. You know, they think of what's the biggest, most, most universal thing. Right. So you go, I want to write about personal development. I want to write about coaching. I want to write about education. Right. These are very big, broad words and topics. The key, though, in order to get the most out of the endless idea generator and also to make your content differentiated, is you have to get specific. So wherever it is you start, you want to go, how do I narrow this down? And then after you narrow it down, you want to go, how do I narrow it down again? Okay. Specificity is the secret to differentiating your content on the internet, period. Whenever you feel the impulse, I'm being too specific, go be more specific. Okay. Like it is the opposite of how everyone thinks. You do not want big, broad appeal to everyone. You want so hyper-specific that someone goes, this feels creepy. I can't believe you wrote this for me. That's what you want. Okay. So here's an example, right? Someone might go, I want to write about money. Okay. Money is a very big, broad, vague word. Okay. So the next version is, all right, I want to, so let's get more specific. I want to write about investing money. Okay. Well, that's still pretty big and broad, right? Because there's lots of different ways that you can talk about investing money. Let's get even more specific. I want to write about investing money in your 20s. Okay, now we can imagine who this is for. Let's get even more specific. I want to write about investing money in your 20s so you can buy your first rental property in your 30s, right? So you can see how each layer of specificity you as the writer gain more and more clarity around what it is that you're writing about. And you also gain more and more clarity around who this is for, who's the reader that's going to read this, okay? And this step is what every writer glosses over. They just go, I just want to write about money. And then what they end up doing is they write something that's very big, very broad, and it doesn't actually resonate with anyone because it's who's it for, right? There's a great copywriting quote. If you write something for everyone, you've written something for no one. Right. So the whole point of choosing your topic is take five minutes and go, I want to write about X. How do I get more specific? How do I get more specific? How do I force yourself to do it three, four, five times until you've gotten so specific that you're like, I can't, it's physically impossible for me to get any more specific than how I am. Right. That's, that's ultimately where you want to get to. Yeah. The, the point to drive home here is that it's only when you get uncomfortably specific that you're probably saying something that's going to resonate with a, an actual group of people. Right. And, you know, I bet a question might've popped in your head as you're kind of hearing about this, Cole, doesn't this mean I'm going to cut out readers? Right? Right. Doesn't this mean there's going to be fewer people who can read what I'm writing? How would you respond to that? That, that is best case scenario. You want 
it is more important for you to know who your writing is not for than it is for you to know who your writing is for. Your goal is for the vast majority of people to read what you wrote and go, that is absolutely not for me, right? Because if you are successful in doing that, then the 1% of people who do come across your work don't just read your one thing. They go down your rabbit hole. They read everything. They email you. They say, thank you. They bookmark it. They send it to five of their friends. They are obsessed with it, right? So that is the goal. Your goal is not to write something for everyone. And specificity is the way of doing that. Spot on. Okay, here's another great example. I want to write about teaching, okay? More specific. I want to write about teaching online. Okay, we just cut out 50% of the population, right? Great. Let's cut out more people. I want to write about teaching online to scale knowledge. Okay, well, now we're talking to a very different portion of people. We just block, you know, we just got rid of another 40% of the population. Next, I want to write about teaching online to scale knowledge so you can have a bigger impact, work less, and exponentially increase earnings. That's a very specific type of person, right? Not everyone cares about that. Okay, great. Now we're getting somewhere, right? So whatever thing that you want to write about, Imagine the person that is obsessed with that topic and speak exclusively to them, exclusively. You don't care if, you know, your mom or your aunt or your college professor or your best friend, it doesn't matter. You don't need everyone. You need the one person. And if you can write something for that one person, what you're going to do is you're going to end up attracting all the other people who are just like that one person. And that's what you want. So let's do a quick little exercise here. Okay. So take your first impulse and put both in the chat. If you can, here's what I want to write about. And immediately what's your V2? What's the more specific version of that? I want to write about writing. I want to write about digital writing. I want to write about ice skating. I want to write about competitive ice skating, right? Like how do you get more and more specific? Right. And so to build on this, here are all kind of the ways that come to mind when I think about adding a level of specificity, right? It's age. I want to write about X for people that are Y years old. I want to write about, or, okay, let's, so that's age. You can do background. You can do parents, right? Like just general status of, I want about writing your first book as a parent, right? That's a whole new level of specificity, right? Yep. What about investing money as a single mom, right? The, these are all the different levels. Once you, and we're going to talk about this credibility side of the best way to get more specific is to look at your exact experience. So I'll let a, a few more of these kind of come in and then we can talk about the credibility side, which is the second part. And when you meld these together, you're going to see exactly how you're going to create your own niche. Yep. Yeah. There's some great ones. I mean, I saw one in, in here, like, you know, I want to write about paid advertising, right? Think about how big that is. Think about the specific version. I want to write about how to get a 10 X return when your paid ads budget is less than a thousand dollars, right? Whoa. Hyper-specific or someone going, I want to write, write about career change. Well, how do we get more specific? I want to write about career change when you're in your 50s or 60s and you're looking to reinvent yourself and have a second or third career, right? Totally different than I'm in my 20s and I'm looking to start my career, 
right? So specificity really locks in who this is not for and who this is for. I love this one. Startup lessons, number one. Startup lessons for 25-year-olds, number two. Startup lessons for a 25-year-old product manager, number three. Startup lessons for a 25-year-old product manager in big tech. Everyone's going to read that. That is spot on because if you are a 25-year-old product manager in big tech, holy crap, how did you know I faced these 15 problems? Thank you so much for what you've done for me. I will literally, I mean, this goes kind of longer term. I will read everything you write. I'll send it to people. I will buy anything you put out there, right? That's how you create a dense following. So Mm -hmm. let's dig into the credibility side. Boom. Okay. So keep all that, hold all that in in your brain. Now we're going to add in step two here. Step two is now, where is this information coming from? Okay. And there's really three ways to use the credibility portion here. Either you are the expert, right? You've been, you've been life coaching for 30 years. Nobody knows life coaching like you do. You got it figured out. Here's what you think, right? Here's your framework. Okay. Your credibility is you are the expert. All right. Second version is I am not the expert. Tim Ferriss is the quintessential example here. I am not the expert. I went out and I curated all the experts, right? So I don't know anything about money, but I went and I interviewed the 10 most successful hedge fund managers and billionaires. And here's what they have to say about money. Right. And then the third is I use the, uh, I love this net, like the Netflix example, right? Is you're not an expert, right? You're not like a famous movie reviewer, but your credibility is your own personal experience. So you go, Hey, I'm no famous movie reviewer. Uh, I don't have my own column in any like TV magazine or anything, but I've watched over 3000 hours of Netflix TV shows and movies. Here's what I think the best movies and TV shows of 2021 were, right? So you're not like the undisputed expert. You're just speaking from personal experience. Okay. And what we're going to hit on is I like to see in the chat that the third point resonates because really the difference between number one and number three is to be an expert. Number one, people assume the, you know, the hedge fund manager, they're an expert in something, uh, some big topic. But what we're going to show you is that every single person on this call is an expert in something, and that's what you're going to find. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to write about. So really, you're going to figure out exactly what you're an expert in, and we're going to show you how to do that. Yep, exactly. So just kind of building on that last example, right? Expert. I'm Roger Epert. okay? I am the undisputed expert of film reviewing. And I say, don't look up. If you saw it, it was an incredible film. Don't look up was the best movie of 2021, okay? Expert opinion. Curating experts, I, a whoever writer, decides to go and spend 20 minutes Googling about what all the other experts said about this new movie that just came out called Don't Look Up, right? And in one article, Roger Epert gave it five stars. And in another article, this other reviewer guy gave it four stars, right? And so you go and you curate all those opinions and you go, I wrote about what these 10 people who are the experts said about this film. And then the third is, hey, I'm no Roger Ebert, but I've watched, you know, 900 Netflix movies and TV shows. Here's why I think Don't Look Up is the best movie of 2021. So this is 
very, it's a very easy way of organizing. How do I want to approach the topic? Right? Yeah. Ebert is still the goat. That's why I'm using him as the example. So this is an easy way of thinking. It's not just what do you want to write about? There's a context to what you want to write about, right? Are you an expert? Are you the one who's going to go curate the experts or are you speaking from personal opinion? This was as a quick side story. This is what was so interesting about uh, when I got exposed to Quora. What made Quora so interesting is it wasn't necessarily experts that were there, but the people that were answering the questions, the question might be, what's it like to be uh, in a courtroom with a murderer? And the person who would write the answer would go, hey, I'm no lawyer or anything, but this one time I was sitting in a courtroom, uh, a part of the jury on a murder trial. Here's my experience with it, right? And as a reader, you go, oh, you were in the room. I'm so interested, right? So your credibility does it. You don't have to be some like award-winning Oprah, Tony Robbins type figure. You can just go, I experienced this thing. Let me tell you what happened. All right, so like we said, if you take the last slide, what we're on a mission to find out is what you are the Roger Ebert of, because every person on this call is an expert in something. And the way I like to describe this and the way I do it personally is something I call the two-year test, which is you sit down and you make a giant list of every problem that you've solved over the last two years for yourself. So, you know, that's going to be a very long list once you sit down and kind of let those ideas flow. And what this does is say, okay, I might not be an expert in something, some massive category, but I am an expert in solving the specific problem that I have solved for a person in my specific scenario. So, <clears throat> and the, the best way to think about this, right, is a lot of people that start writing on the internet think they have to be an expert in something. They have to be an expert before they have anything valid to say. And to kind of break that way of thinking, I want you to flash or uh, <clears throat> rewind to elementary school when you were a second grader, right? Think about who the coolest people on earth were. It wasn't the eighth graders. The eighth graders were so far away from you. They had just a completely, they were a different school. They could teach you nothing. You were a second grader thinking, I, there's literally nothing I could teach to learn from an eighth grader. You thought they were adults, like they were your right. parents practically. Exactly. The coolest people on earth were the third graders because they had just unlocked a whole new thing, a whole new grade, whole new teacher, whole new topic, whole new subject, longer recess, whatever it was. You would do anything to learn what they learned. And the way I describe it is on the internet, we are all third graders in something. We all have a huge, massive internet-enabled audience of second graders begging to learn from us everything we've learned in the last year or two. And what you can write about is that exact journey. And so the internet allows you to be a third grader and find all the second graders to share your experience with. The two-year test is very valuable. Everyone is an expert in something. Nick, you want to explain this? So this one, okay, this is a second framework. So I hope that one made sense of if you think you have to be an expert, don't overthink it because you are an expert in something. Now, the example I like to go with on this one is a very personal example. So I started writing in January of 2020. So just past two years of writing online. 
And over that time, I have learned as much as I possibly could, but I've never claimed to be an expert in the topic of writing. And there's a good chance anyone in here might have come across me from talking about writing through the lens of an expert. So I, I think there's two paths you can take as a beginner with regards to this kind of credibility and topic. If you want to write about a broad topic like writing, you need to borrow credibility from experts and you can curate it and combine it and talk about it and remix things they've said. But if you want to use your own credibility, you have to choose a hyper-specific topic using that to your test for what you've actually done. And I'll just give you a tactical example from my experience. When I wanted to write about writing in general, I looked at the experts, the Gary Halberts, the David Ogilvies, the Tim Ferriss, James Clear. I went and dug into their writing process and extracted everything I could. But when I wanted to use my own credibility, I talked about building a writing habit how to overcome all the things that hold beginner writers back because that was exactly the problem I had solved for myself during that last two years as I look backwards. And I could use my individual expertise to all the people who wanted to be on that journey and share that exact thing along the way. So that, that's, to me, the two options you have as a beginner and something to keep in mind if, if you want to talk about a general topic, you want to pick borrowed credibility. And if you want to talk about something specific, you want to talk about um, your own, or if you want to use your own credibility, you have to talk about something specific. Cole, I'll let you kind of describe this one. Yeah, it's, I mean, just something to, to reinforce here is, you know, you could be like, I'm, I'm trying to think of a recent example, right? But imagine someone like Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan at the height, you know, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. If Michael Jordan comes out and goes, here are my opinions on the NBA, the whole world listens because they go, well, you're an expert in basketball, right? But the moment Michael Jordan goes, and well, and here's my opinions on baseball, everyone laughs at him, right? They're like, yeah, you're not an expert in that, right? So part of part of the the a myth that people buy into is, oh, if I get big enough, I can write about anything, and I'm an expert in everything, and everyone sees me as an expert in everything forever, right? That's not what happens. What happens is you, you are seen as an expert in the thing that you know, right? Your own personal category of information. And the moment you step outside that category, you have to change the context of your credibility, right? You have to be the one to say, I'm not an expert in this. So I went out and I'm curating and I'm talking through this topic with all the other experts. And if you don't do that, then people go, well, why should I listen to you? Right. So here, uh, Dickie went and, and tweeted about a bunch of this stuff. But if the average person goes, I want to write about productivity, well, you know, your opinions on productivity aren't really relevant to everyone. Right. Because who are you? I mean, you're just another person. Right. So it doesn't mean that you can't write about productivity. It means that you need to find a way to get specific enough to either leverage your own personal experience or you need to go curate the other people who are the experts of that category. Dick, exactly. anything you want to add to that? Yeah, it, this example that I drive home is if you want to write about productivity and you're just kind of a regular person, every person who comes across your writing is going to say, why should I listen to you? What, you know, what have you done? What, what's your point of view? Whereas if James Clear writes about productivity, everyone's going to pay attention, right? Because he's more or less become an expert. Now, 
that's okay in the fact that if you want to talk about these general topics, go and say, here's what James Clear and Tim Ferriss and all these folks have had to say about this, and then do it in a way that distills it better than anyone else. So that's one way. Or if you want to write about productivity, get super specific with your own experience. And I saw something in the chat about imposter syndrome. The best way to overcome imposter syndrome is to be so specific that it's impossible to feel like an imposter, right? Because you're talking about something you have more or less complete and utter dominance over. You are an absolute expert in productivity for middle market SaaS project managers, because that's who you are and that's how you use your productivity framework, right? So if you feel like you're being, if you, if you have imposter syndrome, you're either not borrowing credibility and, and kind of taking hands off and saying, oh, I'm, I'm not the expert, but I'm curating the others, or I am the expert because this is me. And so there's really nothing you could feel imposter syndrome about. There's, there's, a, there's an irony that exists in the online world here is that when you declare yourself the expert of whatever it is that you know, or you've experienced or what, what you're living, an expert is an expert is an expert. I did this seven years ago being like, I'm an expert on writing on Quora. Like that, that was like the most niche, like uncool. That's like saying I, I'm an expert at writing Yahoo answers content, right? Like most people are like, I, who cares about that? Right. But I was so specific about it and I just owned it. I was like, guys, nobody can write Quora answers like me. Right. And the average person thinks that's so specific. That's silly. Why would you do that? And I ended up that, that tiny level of specificity basically is how I ended up building everything thereafter. Right. So whatever, Whenever you sit there and you think this is so specific, nobody's going to care. That is actually a good feeling. That means you are doing something right. Whereas if you notice all the people that just write big, broad, like the key to life is to be happy, right? Like nobody reads that because it doesn't appeal to anyone. It's not for anyone, right? So real quick, drop in the chat. What sort of credibility do you, are you, you know, do you feel yourself gravitating to? Like, is there something where you go, look, I've, I've been in this type of company for five, 10 years. Nobody knows this like me. I am absolutely the expert on this topic. Great. Are you someone who goes, I love curating other people's stuff. I love researching. I love interviewing. I love reading, right. Curator or personal opinion. You go, look, I'm no Tony Robbins, but Hey, I no nobody knows uh, day-to-day journaling like I do. I've been doing it for 10 years. Here's my opinion on day-to-day journaling, right? I love it. And we have a ton of different ones, right? The And just something to keep in mind is even if you're talking about your personal opinion, make it so specific that you are an expert. And as, as we kind of talked about this, I think that's how we'll change this for the next cohort. We're going to say instead of expert personal opinion, it's finding what you're an expert in. So maybe you're Roger Ebert or maybe you're the king of Netflix trash TV and you've watched every single thing and then you're an expert there. So great. Okay. So that's the first two parts. We got the topic. And by by the way, sorry, real quick, by the way, you can do use all three of these. Yes. Right. Like Dickie, you're an expert in some things. And then when you're not, you go out and you curate the information. And then when you have just a personal opinion, you're like, Hey, I want to share my, my whoop data and my health and fitness data. You're like, I don't need to be a health and fitness guru. I'm just sharing, here's what I'm experiencing, right? So you can alternate and use all three of these. 
that's exactly how I do it too. I say, <laughs> I almost lay a disclaimer down when I talk about anything health related is I'm a 25 year old and I have no kids or anything else. So I, I preface that <laughs> like when I talk about a morning routine, but that's the point, right? Is to get specific enough where the only people that read it are going to resonate with it. So, yep. all right, we're moving along nicely. That's the topic and credibility. Now you, you know what you want to write about. How do you actually go about figuring out what it is you're going to write? Boom. Okay. So there are four paths. All right. So once you pick your topic and you go, here's the context of my topic, right? Here's where it's coming from. Speaking from me, speaking from other people. Now you have paths you can choose. Okay. So you got four paths. Everything on the internet can be reverse engineered back to these four paths. You will see this from everything from like Buzzfeed clickbait to New York Times op-eds. YouTube videos, interviews, everything can be traced back to these four paths, right? You have actionable, which is you're teaching the reader, the viewer, the listener how to do something. You have analytical, which is, hey, I'm taking some set of numbers, a data set, a trend, whatever, and I'm extracting an insight, right? Third is aspirational. I, you know, it's the classic, I did it, so can you right? Uh, it's motivational. It's, I'm trying to inspire the reader. It's a more, it's a more emotional sort of piece. And then fourth is anthropological. So it's, Hey, everyone thinks this is why it is in actuality. This is the real reason. This is the root cause. This is the human desire. Um, it's the more like underneath what's happening. And once you understand these four paths, what you're going to notice is that Every writer naturally gravitates to one or two of these. Like some people are incredible at writing how-to content. Like their ability to break things down into steps is awesome, right? And you go, that's why I love this person's content. You have other people that write things that in no way tell you how to do it, but inspire the shit out of you, right? So you read it and you're like, you didn't really give me the steps forward, but wow, I feel like I could go run through a brick wall right now, right? So your job as a writer is to experiment with these different paths, try them out, see which ones work. And over time, you're going to notice, oh, this is the sort of thing that I keep doing. I, I am drawn to breaking things down, or I'm drawn to extracting insights, or I'm drawn to motivating my readers, right? And so just to bring this full circle to what we talked about on Saturday, you're making noise and listening for signal. This is one of the indicators that you can use, right? It's I'm writing actionable things and this really resonated with me, or I really like to share my personal story as aspirational. I like to inspire others, or I like to dig into the why, right? These are all data points that you're doing every day for 30 days here because something's going to resonate. It's like, Ooh, I loved the way that felt. And then you can trace it back to, it was this topic or this credibility or this path. Yep. And this is something, I mean, again, all these things, by the way, are things that Dickie and I and other writers that you see, we continue asking ourselves these same questions constantly. Like even in the past year, I, I can say for, for myself, writing actionable things, like especially building Ship 30 and, and having to explain things to people, here's how to do something. I've realized, oh, I love this format, right? I want to do this more and more and more. 
So the more that you play with these, the more you're going to learn which ones work for you. So here's how this works, right? Is again, it's not enough to just think of a topic in a vacuum. You have to think of the topic in the context of the credibility and then which path do you want to take it down? So notice how this topic changes based on the path, right? So you go, I want to write about building positive relationships. Well, if you're writing an actionable piece, you're going to write something like, hey, here are the mistakes people make that cause positive relationships to turn sour. I'm going to explain to you how to make sure that doesn't happen, right? Versus, hey, analytical, 93% of college friends stop being friends one to five years later. Here's why. Right? Oh, I'm extracting an insight from this piece of data. I'm really good at articulating. I'm good at looking for interesting data points. I'm good at extracting the insight or aspirational. I've had the same two best friends for over a decade. Here's how we continue to grow together. Right? It's this inspirational feel good. You want to send it to your best friends. Right? And then anthropological. The real reason friendships fail is because one person outgrows the other. Here's a guide, a guide for growing together, right? So what happens is writers think about the topic in a vacuum. I want to write about building positive relationships, but that this endless idea generator framework, force, it's a forcing function for you to really choose what, what exactly am I saying? And then these, these four paths make it clear, like, so what type of reader am I attracting, right? Because two readers they both might be interested in reading about building positive relationships, but one goes, I'm only interested in the aspirational stuff. And another reader goes, I'm only interested in the actionable stuff, right? It's like the difference between, do you want to watch a documentary or do you want to watch like a binge worthy series, right? Those are two very different experiences. So the, the beauty of these four paths is again, it's a forcing function for you to really learn who am I writing for? Writing for people who want to learn, writing for people who want to be motivated, right? Those are different readers. Yeah, this is a great example too with crypto. So five easy ways to buy your first Bitcoin. <clears throat> Here's the how-to guide. Or analytical, you start, the way I think about analytical is kind of a trend, right? You're breaking down maybe the trend of here's how crypto is heading or here's you know the way things are shaping and you kind of give your opinion on some analysis, aspirational, this is great. I've made millions of dollars investing in Bitcoin. Here's how you can too, right? And then anthropological would dig into the, the human nature side of things is anytime I think about the anthropological, it's what's the reason underneath maybe what you're writing about. So here's, you know, why, if you wrote about the narrative of crypto or how people manage their psychology around trading crypto, all these different things that say, here's, here's the reason behind things. Um, mm -hmm. And Again, all of these are tests, right? You're going to immediately latch on to one of these anytime you see it as, oh, I really like to write about this. And yes, you can combine these two. There can be an actionable, aspirational piece. Like here's, you, you can establish some kind of credibility is like, I've done X, here's how I do it, mm -hmm. right? You can combine and mix and match these. But this, the coolest part about the 4A framework is that you become a more intentional reader so every time you go and see something that you're interested in, you start to figure out, oh, I like to read this kind of stuff, or that writer is an expert in actionable. So a great example of this is Ramit Sethi and Morgan Housel. Anyone know who they are? So they're two of the kind of personal finance gurus right now. And they have two different books 
One is called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And the other is called The Psychology of Money, right? Those are two completely different actionable and anthropological ways of thinking for the same topic of managing your personal finance. So mm -hmm. what you'll find is, ooh, your niche can be, I write the actionable side of things for managing personal finance, right? That is just a whole nother level of specificity you can add to I share actionable tips or I share the reasons behind things. So just wanted to kind of plant that seed as another way you can add specificity. Those are great examples. Yeah. And also I'm just kind of watching the chat here. Don't overthink the credibility portion. Like literally imagine you're at a dinner party and you're explaining something to someone and they go, how do you know that? Right. You're, you have three answers, right? You either go, oh, I, well, I've had my own company for 20 years. Like I know the stuff inside and out. Or you go, um, yeah, I, for, I'm actually like really good friends with some of the big, you know, whoever gurus in this space. I talk to them all the time. Here's what they say, right? Or third, uh, I don't know. I just, you know, I was on the couch all weekend and I was, you know, watching TV nonstop. And I'm like, this is just what I think on the topic, right? Like you can hear in your head those three answers. It's a one sentence answer. And that's all the reader needs to know. The reader literally just needs that one sentence of context being like, how do you know this? Right? That's all the credibility portion is. Boom. All right. So drop in the chat, which path do you find yourself gravitating towards? What have you written about the first four days? Right? Is it, have you written analytical pieces? Have you written aspirational pieces? What do you want to explore? Right? For me, I spent the first year and two years really writing about actionable and kind of analytical, but now I'm looking to dig into the why a little bit. <clears throat> I'm looking to share some of my own stories, the aspirational side of things. So it's a, what I hope you're taking away from this session so far is you have years and years of writing to do to years. hit all these possible things, right? That's what excites me to wake up in the morning and say, I have the chance to share. I get maybe for six months, I'm only going to write about aspirational. I'm going to share everything I've done over the last 10 years to get me here. And then I'm going to write about only the psychology, like the opportunities to share your ideas and attract people on the internet is absurd. So I love seeing the best part is everyone has a different thing. And that's the coolest part about this session is you recognize everyone is a different type of writer and you have them all around you. Yep. And you can, the, this is another question we get all the time is like, if you pick one is, are you married forever? Right. I went through, I think between 2016 and 2018, 90% of what I wrote online was aspirational. Like some of my most viral pieces were all these aspirational, like life reflective sort of pieces. And then after doing it for two or three years, I was like, I feel like I've said everything I want to say. And then I decided to move on. I was like, oh, I'm, now I'm going to write about actionable stuff. I'm going to break things down more. So this is not a forever decision. You can alternate, you can do it you know, one day you write an actionable piece, the next day you write an analytical piece, you can combine them. The each, every time you sit down to write, you just want to think, what is this piece for? It's not, this defines me forever. It's just, what am I writing today? All right. So we've done three. The very last one is the approach. And this is more or less a template for, um, we should group these by actionable, analytical, aspirational, anthropological, because these are all the different grab bag of things that you could share your experience with. So you could write a how-to, 
You could do a personal story about the lessons you've learned, mistakes, quotes, ways, tools. All of these are just the, the cherry on top for you know what you're going to write about, you know how you're going to frame it, you know the way you're going to approach it. And now just if you need that little extra boost, write about quotes, tools, trends, stats, whatever it is. And these are here for you. Yeah, just think about this as a way of organizing the main points in whichever path you take. Okay, and this we connect these two pieces in the next session on headlines because the headline is really what connects the approach. But as a way of understanding it, right? If you're choosing to write about, if you say, I want to write about, you know, saving your first thousand dollars, okay? Well, notice how the piece changes based on the way you approach it, right? So if, if it's a strict how-to, you're probably going to give the reader steps, right? Here's how to do something. Step one, step two, step three, right? But if you change the approach, all of a sudden you go, actually, I want to talk about lessons learned, right? Okay, well, then you're going to organize it as lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, right? These are the lessons that I extracted. Or here are the mistakes I made. Mistake number one, mistake number two, mistake number three, right? So the reason that this is so important is because you might think I've, I've got the specificity on my topic. I've got the context of my credibility and I know which path I want to take, right? I, I'm either explaining to the reader how to do something, right? Or I'm inspiring them. It's aspirational or I'm extracting an insight, uh, analytical, you know, whichever path you choose. But even then, whichever one you pick, you have to then organize the main points for the reader, so if you're writing a how-to piece, you could say, hey, here's how to do something, step one, step two, step three. Or you could say, here's how to not do something. Avoid this mistake, this mistake, this mistake, right? So the approach is just a forcing function for you to go, how am I guiding the reader down the path? Am I walking them through steps? Am I walking them through lessons learned, through mistakes, Am I giving them, you know, quotes that will inspire them, right? And that's why a lot of times we we like, it's very easy to start using lists as a way of just organizing the information in your brain. If, you, if you're sitting there and you're like, oh, a list is just clickbait. Well, it's not, it's the format is not clickbait. Some of the most incredible pieces on earth or the, some of the best books ever written are just lists right? It depends on what content you're plugging into the list. So just think of a list as it's nothing but a way of organizing the information. And that's all you're doing is you're just guiding the reader's thinking. That's it. Yeah. And so we're going to actually group these together as we think about it more, but quotes are great for aspirational, right? Mm -hmm. More inspiring quotes, um, ways, right? So these are just, uh, think of them as a, a bunch of options that you could grab from if you wanted to write about something specific. Yep. Yeah. So just more examples here. And notice how every time you change the approach, it kind of shifts the way that you're writing about the content. You know, uh, an uh, atomic essay about here are the tools you should use is very different than here are the reasons you should or shouldn't do something. So part of what we're going to talk about in the next live session around headlines is Whatever promise you're making to the reader in the headline needs to be reflected in the structure of the piece. So that's, we're going to show you how to connect those two. So take all of these as the idea portion, and then we're going to show you how to use that in the headline live session as well.
There it is. All in one slide, just like that. And we might even change the slide up because that's what we do every single time. It's always improving about it. Once we talk about it a little bit, we, we re realize we can frame things in a different way. So it's been very helpful that people share in the chat if anything was confusing, um, other ways of thinking about these things. But this, so, and I saw one more of if we're going to have some time to brainstorm, yes, we're going to do breakout rooms after this. So this is it all in one slide. Screenshot it, do whatever you got to do to kind of think about how many different ideas you could possibly come up with just from these things. And yep. I did it this morning, literally took this screenshot before we did it wrote it down and I don't have the right notebook with me, but it's page, 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 hundreds of ideas. And I've been, I haven't been this excited to sit down and write in a long time. And I saw, I saw a, a question in here, which is, you know, so are you saying you take the same idea or same topic and run it through the endless idea generator, you know, 50 times you can like, I, I literally did that, you know, for, for years that I've been writing on the internet, sometimes I'll write something and I'll go, you know, I love this topic, but it didn't resonate for readers, right? So usually the reason that happens isn't because the topic's a bad topic, right? It's just sometimes that whether you realize it at the time or not, you real your decision was, I'm going to take this topic and, oh, I'm going to write it as an analytical piece. And it goes nowhere. That doesn't mean that the topic is bad. It just means maybe, maybe it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't orchestrated the right way. It shouldn't have been an analytical piece. Maybe what readers want is an actionable piece, or maybe what readers want is an aspirational piece. So you can take the same topic and funnel it through 20 different times in 20 different combinations, and then look at the data and go, objectively, the data is telling me that it's my how-to pieces that are crushing it. And it's my aspirational pieces that are going nowhere. And that's how you start. Then it's not theory anymore. You know, for a fact. And let me give you just a super tactical example of something. The endless idea generator is recursive. So every single thing that comes out on the end, the headline that says seven ways to do X, Y, Z, you could feed back into the top as the topic itself and get super specific on it. So I'll give you an example. For me, I was doing this on everything about how to build a daily writing habit if you've never written before. And one of the things I said, how to design your writing environment. I could generate a hundred article ideas just about the topic of designing your writing environment, right? The actionable, the analytical, why you get distracted, right? Here's 50 of the most beautiful writing setups. Ever. Like you could see how one headline could take back into the top of it and then redo the whole thing, right? Here are the best 50 setups I found from the most creative people on earth, right? Here's exactly how to set it up. Here's the way the industry's trending, the productivity, whatever it is. So I want to just stress that if you find something that resonates with you in this making noise, listening for signals, send it back to the top. And then get more specific and generate a bunch of things on that side too. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the same way that at the beginning of the session, you know, we talked about you want to complete the loop, right? You're practicing the loop of I'm not just writing, but I'm writing and publishing and looking at the response, right? That's what you're really practicing. You're practicing the loop. Well, the same thing with the endless idea generator. It's not just I'm going to go brainstorm a bunch of topics or, oh, I'm going to go think about how I can just do a bunch of actionable stuff right? You, you want to practice the loop. Here's the topic. Here's the topic more specifically. Here's the credibility that best works with that topic. 
here's the path and here's the approach. And the more that you practice that loop, the faster when you come up with an idea, you're instantly going to go, oh, it's this idea with this type of credibility and it's an analytical piece and I'm going to organize it by mistake or lessons learned, right? Like you, you can loop that so much faster. So that's really the skill that we're, that we're encouraging you to build. All right. So drop in the chat. What new ideas do you have to write about? New topics, new credibility. Give us a zero to 10. How this go? You, is your mind spinning? You running wild with ideas to write about? Is this an unlock, a new way of thinking? So I love it. A million, a million, 10, 10, 10. That's great. So this, the best part about this is this is a lot, but it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I, I use this today. So you're going to use this approach uh, a long time. So don't think, I know there's a lot, just do some deep thinking on it. You know, use it. Once you start using it, you'll recognize that there's a, a something special happens every time you use it, some new way of thinking about it. And that's why we've refined it so much because it's integral to our own process. So love yeah. it. All right. So let's do some breakout rooms.